Welcome to the Under the Fig Tree Podcast. My name is Troy. And I'm Bruce. And today we're going to talk about identity. So we, we did end off uh, our last podcast, you know, talking about identity because that bled in from the fatherhood discussion. Right. Right. And, um, and we want to pick that back up today, right? Yes, yes. And so, um, you know, just, just I think we, we kind of came up with these four questions, you know, um, who is God? Who am I? Who is God to me? And who am I to God? So I think we're going to explore that a little bit. And I think the the, the order makes the difference. Um, and I like I like the way you put that. Who is God? And then who am I? Because right. I don't think you can know who you are right. <laughs> until you know who God is. So so just looking at and and even going further, who is God to me? And then who am I to Him? Yes. Um, yes. Even in that order. So. Um, just looking at that, I think those are foundational things of our, our belief system. Um, and knowing what you can and can't do yes. ties into identity and identity ties back to these four questions. Yes. yes. So I think they're worth exploring. They are, man. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I talk about journeys a lot, this journey that we're on and I look at, I look at where I was you know, years ago, I, I've, I've been walking with the Lord for right at about 36 years now. Um, and, but, but when I think about prior to that, oh man, the struggle of knowing who I was, yeah. oh, it was a struggle. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I, you know, we, if we had, if we had some sisters on the show, they might beg to differ, mm-hmm. but you know, I guess being a man and and observing even women versus men, you know, it just seems like the struggle may be even a little more real for men. <laughs> you know, probably not, but <laughs> at least it feels that way because of of the way that God set things up, the the way He wired men versus the way He wired women, and the responsibilities that men have versus women's responsibilities right. in this life. And so, you know, what I've come to find out, Troy, is that if you don't know um, who you are through the eyes of God, you will carry way more things on your shoulder, on your shoulders, I should say, mm-hmm. than you, than, than maybe you actually have to. I agree. Um, and, and I, I want to introduce this thought, too, because I, I, I've been thinking about this and um and and in one of our Bible studies, I've, I've talked about this just a a bit. Um, John ten ten it says the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I might have life. So one of those things that I believe that he comes to steal is your identity. Oh, absolutely. Um, and if he can, if he can take your identity or or confuse you about your identity, yes. then there's certain things. So so here's a great example, right? Yes. You win a prize uh, from a, a raffle or or something like that. And then when you come to claim your prize, what's the first thing they ask you for? Your identity. Your identification, right? Yeah. And if you can't prove who you are, then the reward that you're supposed to get, you're not allowed to get that at that right. point. I don't think it's any different spiritually, to be honest with you. Um, and that's why I like to introduce that thought, because I do believe that, that the enemy does come, one of the things he does come to steal from you is your identity. Yeah. And if he can keep you from knowing who you are, then there are certain rights and privileges you will never claim. Yes, that's that's so great. That's so good, man. I can remember um, 
I, I, I can remember a couple of years ago, maybe a, maybe a few years ago now, um, I, I really felt strongly that the Lord um, helped me to see something that prior to that I had never seen before. Do you remember years ago? It still happens today. You don't hear about it as much. Unfortunately, it may have become somewhat commonplace. But some years ago, everywhere you turned, people were having their identity stolen. Right. And I felt like the Lord said to me, you know, you know, that's just the natural um, result of what the enemy is trying to do spiritually. Sure. And I was like, wow, I never, I never connected them like that. That what you're seeing in the natural is people having their identity stolen. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I connected it with, and I felt like the Lord showed me that and connected it with, um, with, with the enemy trying to steal your identity, you know, from a spiritual perspective or from an emotional perspective. Or right. However he can, you know, get you to question who you are. You know what I'm saying? And once again, going back to those four things, it comes back to the beginning of it is knowing who God is and choosing to believe it, even right. if it's difficult. Right. You know, even if it's difficult, there has to at some point be a choice that we make. Sure. Life, I heard someone say this years ago, life is choice driven. <laughs> that's a good, you that's a good or, quote. <laughs> you, you live or die by the choices you make. Right. You know, and so everything about our existence is choice driven. So it's not... You know, I mean, there are some times when there are things that you just don't believe. Well, I just don't believe that that's going to turn out that way. But if you tell me to trust you, right, we do that with each other on a very human level. Yep. Would you help me with da 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 da? I want to. I want to do this, that, and the other. And you go, well, I don't see that happening. But <laughs> no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. We, it's going to happen. I don't see it, but okay. <laughs> and then the thing works out the way that they said. Right. And usually the conversation is, well, I did not see that. I just could not see that working out. But apparently you understood something more than I did, and I'm glad that I didn't require you to explain it all to me before just deciding to go ahead and jump in and help you with it because now we see the results. And I think that's the epitome of our relationship with God. Well, that's you in a nutshell, that's the trust walk. That's the trust walk. Right. So, um, when God says, trust me, that means (laughs) just to say a newsflash here, he's not going to show you all the details. (laughs) Um, because if he did show you all the details, there'd be no reason to trust. And you'd probably run the other direction as fast as you could. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. There's some things that God, you know, that I'm doing now that if he'd have showed me this oh, 15 oh, years yeah. ago, I'd be like, mm, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> I do that. But I, I'll say this. Um, I do think the, the tricks of the enemy are the same. Yeah, sure. I, I typically say this as an old saying that the game doesn't change. Only the players do. Um, good picture of that. Um, the the identity of Adam being challenged in the garden uh, was no different than the identity of Jesus, uh, his his identity being challenged in the wilderness. In the wilderness. Yeah, uh, did God really say to the first Adam? That's you know that was the question. Did God really say? And then the very next thing he does to Jesus after his identity is confirmed, you know, it was really on the lines of the same question. But he said, "If if you be if if you be the Son of God." So the first thing he does. It challenges his identity. Yes. Um, and if he could have got him to back down off his identity, we're in a world of trouble. Right. You know, so right. Th- right. thankfully he pressed in, pressed into God and 
held fast to what God said, but yeah. really that's our walk. Yeah. Who does God say that you are? Yeah. And then being yeah. that which he said that you are. Are, are, are you actually forgiven? <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you, you see? I've had that question asked to me before. You, you, you know? know? Yeah. Are you actually forgiven? Mm-hmm. Did he actually forgive all your sins? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. And it's it's those little things that the enemy will try to play with you. Yeah. You know, um, uh, one, uh, an old pastor of, of ours used to used to teach this, teach this message, and it was called The Mind, the Arena of Faith. And I thought it was so, it was so, I, I loved hearing him teach this message because it was so descriptive that you're not fighting the enemy outside of you per se. Mm-hmm. You're fighting the enemy that's on the inside, suggesting things to you that are contrary to what God has already said about you. Right. And so that struggle, that, that, that fight, the, the Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith. I, I love the fact that that the uh, the Lord inspired, Holy Spirit inspired the writer to put the word good in there. Yeah. So it's not just fight the fight of faith. The good fight of faith. It's the good fight of faith. There's a sure indication that I win this fight. Mm-hmm. There's an indication that I triumph because he called it the good fight. Yeah. You know, and I just love that, man. So, you know, this idea of I'm his son, whether I feel like it or not. I think that's where we have to come to. I'm his daughter. I'm a daughter of Zion for those women women who are listening, the women of God who are listening. Or even if you're not born again and you found this podcast and you're listening, you you know, we, we you certainly can be. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. <laughs> you, you you can be. But you know, the, the idea is not God so much trying to make you a robot. That would defeat the purpose of him giving us free will. But the idea that of my free will I call myself a son of God because I actually believe, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's the identity we walk in. So we have the, who is God? God is supreme ruler, period. Yeah. You know, he does what he wants. Um, and with all that power, he chooses, he chooses to love, yes. which I, I think is awesome. You know, he chooses yes. to love, he chooses to care for you. Yes. He chooses you know, for, for you to be a part of his family. Yeah. I I love the, 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 the passage that talks about the spirit of adoption, yeah. you know, and I, the way I explain that to people yeah. is, you know, you may have some, I don't think any child is an accident, but you may have some surprises, yeah. you know, here and there. Right. I, I know I'm not alone in that. There's other parents out here. Some of you listeners that listen, some of the children were surprises, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is <laughs> Nobody, yeah, nobody ever adopts on accident. That doesn't happen, Boy, you know. So, again, yeah, man. nobody ever adopts on accident. Nobody so, ever adopts on w- accident. when we have that spirit yeah. of adoption that brings us to the family, that meant it was purposeful. Yeah. He wanted, he chose you purposefully, yeah. and he wanted you to be a part of his family. So, when we see God, this all loving, all caring God yeah. who knows everything about yeah. your your every fiber of your being. Yeah. From the beginning, he already knew this stuff, yeah. and he's considered you. And I and I, I want to say this because I kind of feel this. Um, there may be some some people uh, who struggle in this that are listening now, yeah. and even some people that aren't born again. God has already considered everything about you, yes. Yes. everything that you would think, everything that you would do, everything that you would say, and He still chooses to love you. Yes. 
there's nothing you can do to change the love of God for you. Even if you overcome your moral issues, God cannot love you any more than he loves you right now. So, and I think you really need to hear that. So this is, this is who God is. And then who are we? We're sons, you know, because we chose to believe. We chose to believe. Now the good question is once we get past, past that part, now, now we have to start exploring who is God to me and who am I to him? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Who is God to me? Boy, that, you know, and, and the reason we broke it down like that is because, okay, we're going to get into who is God to me. That, I, I can't answer who is God to Troy. Right. <laughs> right. I can't answer who is God to my wife. Right. I, you know, so, so exploring it from, from these four places is extremely necessary because when we press into this next part here, um, it becomes a very personal mm-hmm. expression or a very personal walk. Who is God to H.B. Franklin? Mm-hmm. Well, I can remember um, going down the road. I was on my way to work, I think, early one morning, and I was listening to a radio program. And it was so weird because back then I didn't really listen to the radio a lot, but I felt led to just turn the radio on. And so there was a gentleman mm-hmm. on the radio and he was talking about God in such a way as if he, as if he, as if God was still in the flesh and, and they were sitting, having a conversation <laughs> as if he could touch him and, mm-hmm. and interact with them in a physical way. But he's describing his relationship with God. And Troy, to be quite, you know, really, really transparent, something broke open on the inside of me listening to this guy talk about his father, God. Mm -hmm. And I just began to cry out to God, banging on the steering wheel, going down the road, going to work. God, I want to I want you to be my father like that. I don't know you like that. I want to know yeah. you like that. Oh, God. And I was just, I just, I mean, tears are running down my face. And here I'm just hard, uh, you know, I'm a full-grown <laughs> man, man. You know what I'm saying? And, but I'm, I, I just lost it, man. Something broke open inside of me. And before I knew it, I found myself crying out to God that I want to know you like that. Yeah. I don't even know who this dude was. It didn't matter. I heard it. Yeah. I heard the purity of his relationship. So when we talk about who is God to me, oh man, I I, I just, oh, I, I, I don't know where to start. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's been so good. He has, he has taken me in times when I've messed up and he didn't chastise me. He took me and helped me to see, okay, okay, next time do it this way. Right. That, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, God is not, fire and brimstone he is to some people right not that he you know the bible says he 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 chastised chastens those he loves but then the bible also say says that he chastens us by his word Mm -hmm. so it's the interaction the everyday interaction of life and him in the form of his word that has taught me who god is to me that he's good that he's just, yeah. that he's kind, that he's long-suffering, that he's funny. That's an aspect people don't like to talk oh, about. Oh, <laughs> man. 
That's the aspect people don't like to talk about. God has a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so let, like... let me let me say this real quick because this this is this will actually this is this will show you a bit of God's humor. I'm looking at this story in the garden, uh-huh. you know, and just reflecting over that. <laughs> and I'm like, God, why? Why Adam? <laughs> why? Why Adam? And God speaks to me and he says, but do you think you would have done any better? <laughs> That's hilarious. I had to let it go. <laughs> Between, and I'll tell you another one. So, and, and actually this does click into identity too. So I'm, I'm in the closet one morning, right? Okay. I think it was in the morning. And I'm going through the closet and I was looking for something. But then I got distracted by this stuff. So for the listeners out there, I, I, we have a pretty good sized closet. Let me let me change that. My wife has a pretty good sized <laughs> closet. I have this little sad corner, <laughs> and, and the rest of it's hers. Oh, that's and so now funny. some of her stuff is coming over to my it's, little it's, sad it's corner. Trickle, it's, yeah, it's tric- trickling over. It is, but um, you know, I I got distracted by something that I had bought my wife. She had asked for. I'm like, she never wore this. Never seen her wear this. Then I start looking. There's shoes in here, and there's other stuff. And I'm like, she's she's never she's never worn any of this stuff. And for for people that know me well, they know I hate shopping. So for me to go out and spend time shopping and all this kind of stuff to buy you something that you said you wanted, but then you don't wear it, I got aggravated. And I'm like, I spent all this money, and I pay for all this stuff, and she doesn't even use it. And I I am like. In, in my own mind, my my righteous your indignation. righteous indignation. <laughs> yeah, in my own mind. So, so I'm I'm hot. I'm upset, and I'm like I paid for all this stuff, and she never used it. And then yeah. God speaks to me and said, "What about all the stuff I paid for that you don't use?" Oh, and I'm like, man, man nothing I can say then, you know. Oh. So there there is a funny part. Oh, there is. There is a there, funny there part. There really you know? is. There really is. I I can remember. You know, we just we just finished a. Um, we just finished an episode talking about fathers, right? Right. So I'll go back there for half a second since we're telling telling stories for the <laughs> listeners. I, I can remember, um, you know, I had allies and I had told my children, I said, listen, there's nothing you can't do that God won't make sure that I know about if I need to know about it. I said, I don't have to be there. And so I prophesied it to them, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of stared them down when I did it, you know. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, Okay, you know, and so the whole point was you go to school. We're not there with you 24 seven. We're not there with you hiding behind something, trying to see what you're doing. You have to make a decision every single day to Mm -hmm. do what's right. That was the point I said. But if there's things I need to know, I will know about it. So sure enough, something happens at school and and my and my children decided to to, you know, to be a little 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 naughty. It wasn't nothing horrible, terrible, but um one of our best friends in the world was working at that school at that time. <laughs> Called me before they got home. Just want you to know they didn't get in any any real trouble, but you know they they were they were they were they hung out with some people they weren't supposed to, and they was trying to do blah da 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 da. So I'm ready for them. I am ready. <laughs> I'm ready for them to walk in the door, you know. And I'm going to be the ultimate father, I, you know. Yeah. They come in and I tell them, hey, look, you know, I, I told you there's nothing you can do that God won't make sure I know. <laughs> I didn't realize at the time it was a setup for me, that God had set me up. Right. Right. 
and 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 so you know i dealt with them expeditiously concerning the thing and i don't want you doing that and i don't want you hanging with them because that's going to take you down the wrong way da, da, da. and so i left out to go to the store and i was feeling real good about myself oh i'm a great father i'm a good <laughs> father and i hear the small still voice of the lord and he says yeah, now you know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Did I just hear that? Did I just hear you say that to me? He's like, yeah, now you know how I feel. Yeah. And I just thought I was broken. And I was like, oh God, I'm so sorry. But at the same time, when I thought about it later, I was like, that is funny. It is funny. To have God, the God of the universe. The God of all creation <laughs> talk to you on a very personal level and say, yeah, yeah, now you know how I feel. When I tell you to do something and you don't do it or you decide to do it different, now you know how I feel. And, and, and that is funny. I know, you know, looking at this this aspect, who who is God to us? So he asked the question, who do men say that I am? And Jesus asked that question, who do men say that I am? And this is a question that, that will often come up in your in your life in various different ways yeah. right so say for instance you get people that have gotten a poor report from a doctor uh -huh. that question comes up who do men say that i am yeah. um you have some people that may go through you know paternity suits or maternity suits or something like that you know the family being broken up okay who do men say that i am sure you know that question comes up in very different Different ways, you know, in life, go through bankruptcy, or you you lose the business, you know, or or something like that, you know, you get laid off from your job. Okay, who do men say that I am, you know? And it comes up often and over and over and over and over, and you have to be ready to answer that question, you know. Um, and there the world will tell you all kind of different things, and even if we're quite honest with ourselves, we might even tell ourselves different things, you know. Um, but when the question was was given you know, who do you say that I am, yeah. you know, then now we have to, you know, we have to yeah. really dig in and say, you know what, because even in that passage, yeah. Jesus told Peter, look, you didn't come up with that on your own. You, you didn't come up with that on your own. So where did you get that answer from? You know, you, we, and that's what we have to understand. Where do we get these answers from? Wow. And it's inside of us. Yeah. It's inside of us. You know, there, since he lives in us, that's where the answer is. Who do who do men say that I am is a different question than who do you say that I am, and to your point that you made earlier, who do, who I say that he is, yeah. it's going to be different. Yeah. Sometimes it could be different it, it, it because could. because of our experiences. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I I know God to be a healer. I, I was I was thinking that, that I do know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, and I have intimate knowledge of God being a healer. Yes. Um, there, there's other aspects of God that I know to be true, but I don't have intimate knowledge of that. Right, you know, right. and sometimes that makes the biggest difference. Yes. Do I know that God can restore marriage? Yes, God can restore marriage. Yes. Do I have intimate knowledge that God... No, I don't, but I know he can. I know he can. And I think when you get down to that intimate knowledge, you know, now, now you get away from what I like to say head knowledge yes. to get into heart knowledge. Yeah. And yeah. once you get heart knowledge, it's hard for somebody to take that away yeah. from you. Yeah, for sure kind of that mental ascent, you know, but, but, I, and I think that, I, you know, that was so good, man. Um, 
you know, one, one of the things that I, I remember the Lord helping me with, because I was really confused for a while, because it seemed that, and this is to your point, it seemed, I remember times um, where it seemed that, man, I, I really seem to be clicking in this area of my life. Mm-hmm. But this other area seems so <laughs> far away from being in any kind of excellent order, right. you know? And it was at that time that I realized what you just so eloquently, you know, expressed is that knowing him, knowing him as a healer yeah, because of intimate knowledge, yeah, but then struggling with knowing him as a provider. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or struggling with knowing him as a redeemer. Right. Not a not a redeemer from the standpoint of I believe in Jesus Christ. I've gotten that far. But they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. And and struggling with those things that once again the enemy tries to interject into your thinking, into your thought life, into your thought patterns, you know, to try to say half God said. Right. You know, you you've done this thing three times already, four times already. Do you think he's still a redeemer? Do you think he's right. still going to forgive you for that? Right. How many times did he does he need to do it and to, you know, and playing with those thoughts while you're trying to learn how to be faithful to the Lord. And so it just really helped me to understand, no, you the, the dynamic of living this Christian life is that you could really have it going on in one or two areas and be completely yeah. clueless in other areas because I love that term, intimate knowledge. Intimate knowledge, yes. Not yet having intimate knowledge maybe in that particular area. Right. And does it mean everybody has to have a divorce? No. No. To have intimate knowledge? It just means that I need to come into a greater knowledge of who he is which covers even that. Yeah. Does everybody have to have cancer? No, but I need to come into a greater knowledge from his word of who he is so that I'm not struggling if it comes to that. Yep. Whether for me or a loved one or what have you. You know what I'm saying? I was diagnosed with cancer at one point. So I have intimate knowledge now Mm -hmm. of that area because I saw God walk me through that. Right. I was diagnosed with uh, a lung disease. Mm-hmm. I have intimate knowledge now because I saw God walk me through that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I've had, like most everybody else, serious financial issues in the in the past, right? And now I have intimate knowledge because I saw Him walk me through that. Yeah. And what's so wonderful about it is, is that, is that when those things and if they come back around, it is up to us to stop and say no, 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 no. You don't get to put me in panic mode. That's right. Circumstance, situation, enemy, whatever. You don't get to put me in panic mode now because I'll do like David said. David said, in times that I'm afraid, I'll run to God. That's right. I'll look back and remember where he brought me from. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I I now have something that I can pull out of the annals of my own life, my own walk with God up until now to show me that he's the same God that delivered me from prostate cancer, that delivered me from, you know, from a lung disease, that delivered me from near bankruptcy, that delivered me from mm-hmm. this situation where I didn't know how it was going to happen. And, I, and he's the same one. Yeah. So let me pull on what I already know now and let's go forward according to the word of God. It's a good point. Got a chance to talk to uh, some some young guys, guys and girls, honestly, 
Um, they brought me in for uh, this was this was during the, the pandemic, the height of it. Yeah. Uh, they wanted me to come onto a Zoom call and uh, you know teach a lesson. Yeah. And then I was on my merry way. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, and I, asked, I asked God, you know, what do you want me to talk to them about? And he wanted me to talk to them about stewardship, uh-huh. but not in the way that most people talk about stewardship. Okay. So, and this goes to your point, what he wanted me to talk to them about was stewarding our resources the way we're supposed to. We think money, we think house, we think all that kind of stuff. But God said one of the more powerful resources that you do have is your memory. And he wanted me to teach them how to steward their memory. That's so good. And you said it perfectly. When you look back on what God's done, that's how you steward your memory. Yes. And then you leverage that against what you actually see. Yeah. Um, And this is is one of the ways that you're able to make it through these things is take what God has already done for you. Yeah. Leverage that against what you see. Yes. And then you're like, you know what? If he got me through that. Yeah. Or like David said, David said it this way. The same God that delivered me from the paw of the bear and the lion will deliver you into my hands this day. That's exactly And that's all it was with David stewarding his own memory and what God had already done for him. And that's what brings brings him forth. So we now we understand God. God is, you know, a protector. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. And God fights for me. Yeah. I mean, as a little kid against a 10 foot giant, yeah, a nine yeah. and a half foot giant, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Right, right, right. So right. God fights for you. Yeah. And these are, these are other things that we start to understand about God. Now, yeah. now, one thing I do like to do is I love talking to people to hear where they come from. Uh-huh. Because now it gets me started on a road to intimate knowledge about something. Right. And, and right. like you said, you don't have to have to go through this stuff. I had a young lady tell me one time before that she had been through several divorces and stuff like that. And, she said, well, look, until you've been through a divorce, you know, I'm, I'm not sure you know, you know, how to help me with this. And I'm like, OK, I asked her a question. I said, OK, when we do marriage counseling. Wh- what do we do when we do marriage counseling? Well, we go to the Bible. Is what she said. And I said, OK, the two people that talk most about marriage in the Bible, while they were here on Earth, neither one of them were married. Right. 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 Said we're going to teach what Jesus said. Right. And we understand Jesus was married to the church. But in his earthly walk, Jesus was not married. Right. And then there was Paul. Right. And we're going to teach what Paul said. Yep. And Paul wasn't That's married. Such a great and point. I'm like, so I don't have to go through it. That's exactly Just right. like you were saying, to have intimate knowledge. But what happens is when I talk to people about their 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 testimony or their, you know, their story, where they come from, yeah. some things that they bring are things that I never thought of. Right. Right. Then that gets me started down the road. Yeah. To That's get good. intimate knowledge. Man, that's so good. I was thinking as you were talking uh, to to backtrack to uh, the the stewarding. I really like that, the the stewarding your memories, because there's another aspect that I see concerning stewarding your memories. Um, I paraphrase it a lot, but it's it's in there. Trust me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what, where where David said, "I will look back and remember." Mm-hmm. I will look back and remember where he's brought me from. The, the for me, the other part of stewarding where you come to remembering what he's already done for you is that you allow it to cause thanksgiving. Nah, that's a good point. When you, when you take the time to remember, man, I'm in a tough spot, but I've been in a tough spot before, and he's gotten me out of tough spots before. What happens is thankfulness comes up. Yeah. In your heart. And the Bible says, number one, that he inhabits the praises of his people. So I always tell people like this, 
if you can just remember to stop and begin to worship, you'll bring God in on the scene because he inhabits the praises of his people. Absolutely. And then number two, That's a the great Bible point. says that praise steals the enemy. Mm -hmm. So the very one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy gets stolen from when you worship instead of worry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I, I so for me that that's all in that stewarding your memories, right? Yeah. Because you steward your memories. I remember, Lord. I remember. I, I do this all the time. God, I remember. I just want you to know. I know you know everything. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you anyway. <laughs> I want you to know that I remember when you got us out of this. Yeah. When you helped us with that. When you helped me personally with that, mm -hmm. when you helped Robin with that, I remember, Lord, and I just want to say thank you again. I want you to know that it still means so much to me. And so it steals the enemy. Yeah. The thing he wanted to do, he's like, oh, man. <laughs> they done got off into worship. I'm trying to get them into worry. They done got off into worship. Yeah. Because they learned, you learned how to steward your memory. So I wanted to add that to that point. I love it. Um, and it, it, it all ties back in again to the identity. You know, yeah. what, what are we created for? Yeah. Created for worship. Yes. Go back to what you're created to do. Go back to when what your you're problems. Created. Yeah, when your problems come up and stuff like that, you know, all right, you know, I see the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I see the issue. You can't right. ignore the issue. Right. However, I can't ignore God either. That's exactly right. And then I have to say, okay, which one is more important? And that's an easy one to figure out. That's At least exactly it should right, be an easy man. one to figure right, out. Man. And, you know, we go, we, we fall right back into what we were created to do. We're that's created exactly to bring right. him pleasure. We're created to, to, to worship him. We're yeah. created to love him. Yeah. And, and we'll do that above anything else that's temporal. Yes. You know, um, yes. those troubles that you go through are right, you know, for right now. And um, we'll, we'll get past them. And I like to say this too, when it comes to trouble, mm -hmm. and maybe some will, will, maybe some won't agree, but I, I do like to say this: for people that that avoid trouble, often avoid avoid God. Yeah. Because He's your ever present help in the time of trouble. So Man. I'm not saying go looking for trouble, um, but when the trouble does come, yeah, you, there's a certain response that we're supposed to have. And what is your response? As a you know. Even that's tied to your identity. Yes. Knowing who you are yes. dictates your response. Yes. So I love a word you used just now. You said when. Exactly. Not, <laughs> not when. When. Mm -hmm. When. And, and I think that is such a great point, man, because there's so many people who try their absolute best to avoid trouble. Mm -hmm. And you cannot. I always say it like this, Troy. The authority that we've been given with God requires trouble <laughs> in order to express itself. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the need for authority? What's the use for authority? Unless there's something to have authority over. And so, you know, I, once again, I was talking to some friends recently and, and, uh, and I made the point to them, we were talking about what's going on in the world today, right? And now we're in the midst of this election. This is being recorded right in the midst of, you know, the 2020 election has just happened. And, you know, and we're, we're you know, we're, we're just watching how this thing is playing out and praying and, and seeking the face of the Lord to make sure that we're praying his will and those kind of things. But I was talking to a couple of friends uh, the other day and, and I said, you know, I said, there's a lot of people who look at God and they see God as this 
judgment God and that this is a judgment on America, so on and so forth. And I said to them, I said, I said, from what I understand about God, talking about identity, right? what I understand about God up until this point, yes, he chastens those he loves. Mm -hmm. Yes, he can do things a particular way to make his point. Mm -hmm. He will make his point very clearly. <laughs> I said, but when you really come to know his real purpose, you'll begin to understand that he'll put something in front of the church. Right. Not to punish the church, but to get the church to wake up and take their rightful place with him in the way of the authority that he's given them to deal with the thing. Right. So he says, okay, let me put this over there. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to move that. I'm going to use that, mm -hmm. you know, like, like Corona, you know, God didn't create Corona. I know better than that. Right. I think most Christians do. He, he didn't, he didn't put Corona on America or whatever on the world. I don't believe that. Right. But I believe he uses it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I believe he uses it. And so he, in my, from what I understand about him, he puts it in front of the church and says, hey, what you going to do about that? Just like he brought the animals to, to Adam. To see what says, they would be hey, called. Yeah, what, what you going to call them? What you going to call them? Yeah, I that's really, a good point. That's the way I see him, man, that he's doing the same exact thing. And, you know, of course, there's people who say, oh, God, there's people dying. How can you do this? Yeah, well, people's been dying. Yeah. And he's still talking to his church. And he's still communicating to his church. And he's still looking for his church to finally rise up and realize who we are to, to him. him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great point that leads into this. Who, who, who are we to him? And that's one thing that we are. To, to what you just laid out so beautifully, we are ambassadors of the kingdom. Ambassadors. And we're here to, so we, we have this in, in Matthew, um, teach, teach us how to pray, but you know, part of that prayer is on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So how do we make it on earth as it is in heaven if we don't exercise the authority that we have as ambassadors? Yeah. That's how we make things here on earth as it is in heaven. That's exactly right. Is understanding, look, this is who you are. This is who you are to him. You you have been sent. You have yes. been deployed. Yes. You have been unleashed on the world. Yes. And now you have to operate in, in the, the gifts that God has given you, the talents that God has given you. Yeah. Because he gave them to you for a specific reason. And one of those reasons is to express his character here in the earth. That's exactly right, man. Man, that's so good. Um you know, it's, 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 it's that representation. I always say this, Troy, um, God cooked our ministry down to the same two things that we heard Jesus say, which was, I only do what my father does. And I only say what my father says. And you know, after 36 years, he cooks our ministry down to those two things mm -hmm. and made it so easy. Ministry became so easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he, he, and, and then, he, and then over, over the years, since, since he showed us that and it's, and we've gotten to that point, this is, this is the expansion of that understanding. How can you do what he does if you can't see what he's doing? And how can you say what he says if you can't hear can't what he says? Yeah. So when we talk about 
knowing who he is to us and who we are to him, there's an element, you know, of going to that word Mm -hmm. and seeing what he's doing. That's right. Going to the word and hearing what he's saying. That's right. And then simply repeating. Record, press play, and repeat. (laughs) That's it. Rewind, (laughs) press play, repeat. Rewind, press press play, and repeat. You know what I'm saying? That's it. And I think that's it. And if we're willing to do that, man, he makes makes living this Christian life easy. He makes, if you're called to ministry, he makes it easy because you you finally, um, I think, release yourself of all these other... um, I'm going to say false responsibilities that come from, I believe, uh, false compassions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That come from false ideas and ideologies about what you think he wants versus what he actually wants. And I would tell anybody, anybody listening or anybody, I've said this to many people over the years. If it means, if you're in ministry, listen, listeners, listen to this. If you're in ministry and you're struggling with knowing what to do next, you're struggling with knowing what you're doing right now, if it takes a year, be willing to do it. It'll be worth it. Well, I can't do that. I can't take off a year. Listen, whatever it takes, you have to come to a mentality of whatever it takes to know who I am to him. Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me and and who he is to me then 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 you have to do that because then you'll be way more productive coming out of that having spent that time with him right not spent that time with him oh i got to run and do this and i got to run and do that and i got to teach this and i got to go over there and i got to and i have to answer every every invitation i have to try to take no no what you need is to take the invitation that he gave. That's right. Come walk with me in the cool of the evening, in the cool of the garden. That's right. Let's, let's go hang out together. And in that, I'll begin to whisper things in your ear. Because the Lord told me many years ago, he said, I, my people want to know my secrets, but they want me to yell them across the room. And I don't yell secrets across the room. You must come closer. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you my secrets. Mm-hmm. You know. And so everything is about that relationship, man. And it really is, you know, um, just, you know, even while you were talking, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there yeah, thinking about that, walking in the cool of the garden. You know, yeah. everybody has to understand there is a garden that he's placed you in. And, and there you're supposed to be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and have dominion. Oh, man. Because that man, yeah, that mandate's <laughs> never changed. <laughs> so whatever garden he's placed you in. <laughs> and understand this, too. Um, cause this is part of your identity too. Um, and I, and I teach this and, and it'll be in the, the book, um, that I'm writing, uh, and there'll be more details about the book, but <laughs> <laughs> lessons learned from the garden. Yes. And that, that was one of the, uh, the, the ideas in there that looking at the garden, the garden was not a perfect environment. Oh man. It was an ideal environment. Whoa, man. It was not perfect. That. So it wasn't perfect because you have to look at what he told us to do. He said subdue. If it was perfect, there'd be nothing to subdue. Boy, that's so good. Yeah, you know, so 
the reason it, it, it wasn't perfect is because he told us to subdue, but the reason that it's ideal is because he gave Adam everything he needed everything to subdue he it. Needed to subdue, so just as you're placed in your garden, uh, just like Adam was, mm-hmm. you have to understand that mandate still exists. That's yeah. part of the fiber of who we are. Yes. The area uh, and the garden represents your realm or your sphere of influence and your sphere of uh, responsibility. But what we're supposed to do is those same things, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and have dominion. Your garden is ideal too because yeah. he's given you everything you need to subdue whatever comes to you. But you, the only way you know that, the only way you know that mm-hmm. is when you start to understand who he is yeah. and who you are, yeah. who, he, uh, who you are to him and who right. he is to you. That's right. And when you understand those four things, and you begin to understand those four things. And I, I, would, I would also say this, Bruce. Mm-hmm. It's not about even completely understanding that. Oh, it's, that's great. It's being open, it's being to, open. to understand it. Boy, that's good. You know, and walk down that, that road with God so he can show you those things. And as you begin to, to acquire more knowledge and, and uh, uh, apply more of that, wow. it, yeah. it really helps you to, to, to be able to do everything that yeah. God's called you to do. Yeah, so it doesn't become an academic endeavor no (laughs) it's not some academic endeavor you're just simply trying to achieve this academic understanding so also because you were saying this too um or and i was thinking this while you were saying you were talking uh earlier it's not in the doing it's in the being it's in the being so this is you are this when god says you are that that's what you are that's what you are there's no other there's no two ways about it that's what you what? are it doesn't matter if you don't feel like you doesn't, are. it doesn't matter if you feel like it doesn't matter if, <laughs> if, if, if if everybody says you're not it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you know and that's that courage man i think we talked about courage one day you yeah. know i was talking to someone about courage recently and 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 but that's that courage man of saying you know what this is who god says i am yeah yeah. You know, I've told the story before how, you know, there was a time in my life, man, where I was struggling to believe it. I was struggling to believe that I was a righteous man. Not because I was doing necessarily any really unrighteous stuff, but it was the enemy trying to use my past against me. Correct. In, you know, in here, on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, I don't know how I got started doing this, but I was in the mirror one day in, in the bathroom and I looked up from the sink, brushing my teeth or whatever, and I looked, I looked up at myself in the mirror, and I said, you are a man of God. And I did that. I began to do that. And I did that over and over and over <laughs> and over. It's like every time I looked in the mirror, I would say to myself, you are a man of God. Until I believed it. Yeah. One day I believed it. Yeah. Hadn't done it since. <laughs> Hadn't had to. Right? right, yeah. Because I don't have to remind myself what my name is. Mm-hmm. There you, you know, go. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't have to remind myself what my name is, and so there are some things that once you get it, you got it. That's it. You know, and it becomes a part of your a part of your being and a part of your makeup, and knowing who you are to him and who he is to you certainly has to be in that category, in order for us to go on from there, and 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 experience God, um, in its in his fullness. Right. There's a fullness of God the Bible talks about. You know what I'm saying? So I want to experience the fullness of God. I say not that I'm there yet, but I want to experience. So Absolutely. I don't want to get caught up in the elementary things that mm-hmm. Hebrews talks about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, having to, having to, I'm, I'm still on milk when he really wants me to learn how to, how to chew 
you know, yeah. and break apart those sinews of the word, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And chew that stuff down, man, you know, and then swallow and digest and, and let the word of God, the weightier things of the Lord, you know, really have its effect upon my being, you know? And that's a good, you know, good, good way to look at this thing, man. I'm going to tell you again, going back to it, you are who he says you are. Yes. There's no two ways around that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and whether, uh, to your point, whether you feel like it or not, no you know, matter. but what I love, I love your example there is, is you just repeating over and over and over yeah. and over what it is God has said about you until, yeah. until it gets down on the inside of yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause here's the truth of the matter. Um, faith comes by hearing. Yes. Not having heard. Yes. Comes by hearing and hearing yes. and hearing and hearing. Continual. And you'll start to believe it and start to believe it and to start to believe it. Now, yeah. the, if that's true. Yeah, you, you, the the antithesis has to be true too. That's exactly right. Right. So if I can either repeat who I am according to the word of God and begin to believe that, or yes. or I can keep repeating who do men say that I am? Boy. And 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 then define myself by that, which is probably more than likely going to be the worst thing I could do. Whatever or, men or, say that. Or I am. even who I think I am. Correct. God, why do you want to bother with me? I'm a horrible person. <laughs> God, do you really know what I've done? I'm a bad guy, you know? Yeah. So even, you know, I guess we're included in men. You know, Absolutely. I want to make that point that yeah. we ourselves are included yeah. in men. Because many times we are the ones that are saying of ourselves that we're not worthy. Well, we're not in and of ourselves, but he's made us worthy. Yeah. You know, and so we have to accept that. You, you know, spe speaking of what we're talking about right now, all of it is a gift. All of this is, is God's gift to us. Sure. It's God's gift to mankind. Sure. I woke up uh, the other morning, and just as I'm kind of becoming conscious, I hear this, this, this statement that a gift, the truest nature of a gift, is when there's nothing owed attached to it yeah and i think that plays into what we're talking about because all that we're talking about today concerning identity is actually a gift of god it's it, his gift to us it absolutely is it but, absolutely but, is but but the truest nature of a gift has nothing old attached to it you can receive it or not receive it what so many people do is and i think this plays even into religion mm-hmm Okay, God gave us Jesus, our Savior. Mm -hmm. We then turn around and give God religion, our <laughs> works. Correct. Because somewhere on the inside of us, we're trying to pay him back. Right. And you can't, and you taint the gift. You can't pay him you back. You contaminate yeah. the gift yeah. even trying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the truest nature of a gift is that it has nothing old attached to it for the receiver or for the giver. And I absolutely love that as this because it's so true. I, and I will say, you know, I know in the past I've been guilty of that. You oh, know, so um, and, and it's, why I said it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> I know that there's things in my life that God is, you know, really, really set me free from which I absolutely love especially when it comes to the works and yeah. the religious aspect of it and all that kind of stuff the traditional right. aspect of it 
And and I really just boil things down to, okay, this is who you said I am. This is Bruce, you know me. This is yeah. one reason why I don't get caught up on titles. Right. I don't really care what you call me. <laughs> you know, I know what God, the title means nothing to me. Right. Honestly, it means nothing to me. Um, I just know the function that God is, you know, the gift that he's placed in me. Yes. And how to function in that gift. Yes. Whether you call me that or not is irrelevant to me. That's right. Whether he calls me that or not is, you know what I mean? Right. So, so I'm I'm at that point now, um, and been at that point for quite some time. That it doesn't. I mean, I'm not concerned about how people view who who I am, because if I get caught up in that, I'm going to be schizophrenic. Because you know, <laughs> everybody's going to view you differently. So, at that point, whose whose uh, idea of who you are do you line up to? You have all these different views. Yeah. So you you can't. You can't be defined by all these different views. You have yeah. to be defined by his view. You, you know, I look at it like this, Troy. If my father owns a corporation, I'm his son. He owns a corporation, right? Yep. He makes me senior vice president. Ah, I'm his son. He loves me. You know, so he makes me CEO of the corporation. Which is greater CEO or son? Yeah, that's a good point. So my father, God, calls me apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, Mm -hmm. whatever, right? But which is greater? That designation, Mm -hmm. that functionality in the kingdom, because that's all it is. It's Mm -hmm. not a title. It's actually a functionality in the kingdom. So then which is greater? That functionality is apostle greater than recognizing that you're a son? You're a son. Exactly. You're a son before you're a prophet. You're a son before you're a pastor or That's a right. teacher. You're a daughter of Zion before you are you know, an exhorter or a, or a minstrel or whatever. Son and daughter comes first over absolutely everything. So then we don't have to get caught up in the titles no. Because all of that's too low for us anyway. Thank you. <laughs> it's too low. I am a son of God. That's because it. Because of Jesus, the firstborn. That's right. I get to be called son. What is greater than that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. nothing. So whether you call me prophet or call me Bruce, my birth certificate says Henry Bruce. That's it. That's what it says. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be good with that. You you got to be okay with that, man. <laughs> Otherwise, you're negating the most important designation that you have, which is son. And I, I absolutely agree. I was just going to ask you what was a way to button this up, but I think you just did it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did it. So, you know, for the listeners out there, um, you are who God says you are. Yes. It's, it's really that simple. Um, but in order for you to know who God says you are, you're going to have to spend time in his presence. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to spend time in his word. Yeah. Um, I want to say this and give you this caveat about spending time in his presence. It's more about, more about listening than talking. Oh, boy. It's really so more good. about listening than talking. So good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's more important for us to hear what he has to say than for him to hear what we want to say that he already knows. He says, yes. I, I know what you need before you ask it. That's right. There's nothing wrong with asking. But he knows what you need before you ask it. That's right. And um, 
I don't think you should spend, we shouldn't spend so much time asking, but more, more time saying, you know, what is your heart? Yeah. Share your heart with me. Yeah. You know, concerning who I am and concerning what you need me to do. Yeah. And then, then you walk that out. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> when we get down to it, our identity rests in that, yeah. you know, okay, what, who is God to me? Who am I to him? And we only get to that point after we ask ourselves the question, who is God and who am I? Yeah, that's and right. I think that's a, a wonderful, wonderful revelation to come to. So listen, I want to take time, thank everybody for joining us uh, on the Under the Fig Tree podcast. I'm having a great time doing these podcasts. Yeah, so I, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So I'm so um, grateful to be a part of it. And um, we, we really do enjoy uh, your your listenership. I can't really say viewership. Not yet, <laughs> um, but we enjoy you uh, uh, being a part of what we're doing. And um, I, wa- I feel impressed to say this um, for anybody who is struggling with your identity. When you hear this podcast, whether you are born again or not, if you're struggling with your identity, we'd love to talk to you. Sure. We'd love to pray with you. Absolutely. Um, and I want to give this information out. You can reach us at uh, info at h20live.org. And if that's something you want to do and you want to reach out to us, um, we're more than willing to help you uh, get started and walk with you on this path. So, um, again, thanks a lot for joining the podcast. I'm Troy. And we will see you next time under the fig tree.